Hey y'all, this is Joelle, Andrea, and Crystal. We're friends off topic. Spend the next hour. You know it's longer than that. Say two hours. Just say it's however long we drone on for. You never really know. Spend some time with the girls. Every week we watch a favorite movie that you guys vote on and tell you everything about it. And you never know what we're going to end up talking about, like overalls or snail trails. Stop it. Ah, remember wins. We post a new episode every week. No, really, message us, vote for the movie, and follow us so you don't miss a thing. Friends off topic! Really, that's what you got? That's what I got. You should say it with more oomph. We'll work on it. Thanks for the encouragement. All right, y'all. It's time for two yellow circles, four stones, and multipass. Because this week we watched... The four elements. You're an idiot. <laughs> I just want to say multipass. Multipass. I tried to multipass. I tried multi-pass. to get it like she says it. Multipass. But yes, we watched the fifth element this week. Had y'all yes. seen it? Huh? Yes. Yes, I have seen it before. It's my first time. Fair warning. We I had to pay for it today. Mm. At least y'all both got to watch it, so you kind of got two for one. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, we'll say I that. To, I rented it for 48 hours. <laughs> I watched it for free. I and then you... like two days later, it was no longer available. So I thought you... just know if you can't afford it, we'll do our best to explain the movie. Our very best. So I thought you said $48. No, <laughs> it was never $4. in her life. She would have been like, I'm just winging it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would read have. the script. <laughs> I would have believed you probably. I only saw it one time. So the only part I ever saw was like I think Justin showed me the diva scene because he really liked the music and that's I did all, too. So that's all I had ever seen. Oh, so this is like a first for you. Oh yeah, you didn't hear me say that just a minute ago. Shocking! I wasn't <laughs> listening to you for being. And honest. I said it last week too. Oh, where were you? Twice I wasn't listening. <laughs> I was giggling last week. Oh, that a was, lot of that. We can't yeah. even talk about it because it's nope. gonna happen. Oh, Don't do it. Don't. I forgot y'all were supposed to sit in corners this week. <laughs> we're going to need each other. longer cords for that. Oh, and I knew Bruce Willis was in it, and then the girl, and I love Bruce Willis. He has good movies. He really does. What? You don't like him? Uh, he's okay. Okay. Do you feel like he's overrated? No. No. I don't think he's all right. Adequate. I think he's just Bruce Willis. He's just Bruce Willis. I got you. Oh, I like him. I feel like he's got good action movies. I like Mia Jovovich a whole lot more. So I was going to get you to play Google how to say her name. Is that no how you say shit, it? shit, because I was just going to say Mila. I think it's Mia. <laughs> it Mi- Mia? Mia. Okay. I think it's Mia. Okay, Let's so I want to hear the... the... I do want to say that I want to kind of put 12 monkeys on our list when I was thinking yes. about Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. It's a good one. That is, it may actually be on the list. Mila Jovovich. Yo- M- Mia, I'm going to need her to Mia say that. Mia Jovovich. Jovovich. Mia Jovovich. Right. So Mia. All right. Mila so be, sh- Jovovich. <laughs> be sure to follow us on Spotify so you don't miss anything. Oh, my friend Brandon. Oh. <laughs> We're going to make a cartoon out Apparently of it. had listened to the podcast where we talked about snail trails. So he sent me a little art piece and... <laughs> Uh, jokes to go along with it so i loved it that was so much heather was like who doesn't know what a snail trail is and i was like what me i don't know what that is yeah i never i never knew 
there was terminology for it, but I have Now, why does Heather know what it is? Because she's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you just surround yourself with a bunch of nasty ladies. You even oh. married one yourself. <laughs> oh. So, anybody have a rating on this movie? Or yeah. Oh, no, we need the synopsis first. I'm stupid. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I have we went out last that. night, so bear with us. Synopsis. In the 23rd century, a New York City cabbie, Corbin Dallas, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lilu falls into his cab. As the embodiment of the fifth element, Lilu needs to combine with the other four to keep the approaching great evil from destroying the world. Together with Father Vito Cornelius and zany broadcaster Ruby Rod, Dallas must race against time and the wicked industrialist Zorg to save humanity. That's awesome. I saw that it was rated PG-13. Because she was barely dressed. No, I think they show her <laughs> naked. Isn't she uh, naked yeah, a few like times? On the, well, I don't know if they show her completely naked. I think they just show parts to show that she's naked. I maybe. feel like they showed her boobs. Mm. I can't remember. You don't boobs. remember? Boobs were allowed back then. Yeah. That was before Mad Moms. And oh, okay. that whole Janet Jackson Why do you say that confidently like you know that? Dude, do well, you not remember Titanic? the era where like all of a sudden... Moms were so mad about everything. They still and are. they like shut down all the fun, all the tits, <laughs> all the bad words. Like it's just words, but <laughs> I remember seeing this lady who put married with children on for her children and was upset after she saw what it was because she thought it was a family show. Dude, I knew <laughs> a couple people that were raised were like they were only allowed to watch Disney shit, and then once Disney became a little more um, embracing of the world, <laughs> these people weren't even allowed to watch that. They were only allowed mm. to watch old school Disney. And I'm like, what are you doing? We weren't your, allowed to watch. For your family. We weren't allowed to watch PG-13. Oh. I could watch whatever I wanted. Oh, I know. <laughs> really molded to do, me into the person I am today. Do, just do whatever you wanted as well. Feral. <laughs> I grew up feral. My dad was a single dad, and then I didn't want to listen to my sisters. So. Yeah. Well, that's understandable. You still grew up pretty good. For I'm all right. I mean, I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. You're still growing. You got some um, yeah. ratings for us? Ratings, I do. First, I'm going to say the why to watch, which is thrilling, wry, and futuristic. Who's wry? Who's wry? Who is that? Wry. W-R-Y, you idiots. <laughs> What does that mean? Y'all are annoying. No, That's truly, I need to know what what exactly is. Let me fucking Google it. Oh, okay. So I get the, the whole definition correct. All right. I thought you were the. Now I can. I know what wry means. No, I understand. I don't. But you're having to look it up. I'm asking. Using or expressing dry, especially mocking humor. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mocking. Kind of like crystal. I was humor. about to say crystal. I feel like your eyeballs are both crystal your is quite wry. <laughs> I'm so glad I could teach you guys a, a, a thing or two. No, I, I love that I, I now know what that word means. I can use it to describe my own wife. That's right. Crystals wry. I need I the planets to go like back to the way they were before because you two against me is this is unnecessary. Is this, um, no, okay, so is that what one would say, like dry humor? Yeah. That's okay. Rye. Yeah. Not a rye. Rye. Well, I did read that, like, the <laughs> part of Corbin. 
I so, just never heard it in a movie to, description. Back to the ratings. Here we I've go. never Let's do. heard of I a rye hear movie. It. Tell me what the tomato meter said. IMDb first. All right. Seven, I go in order, okay? Let's There's do a it. system. Alphabetical. 7.6 out of 10. And then a 71% on the tomato meter and 86% audience score. So good scores. I just want people to know that you have a whole clipboard today. Yeah. She looks I'll very take professional. A picture of it. I'll take a picture of it. <laughs> oh, I do need to take a picture. I'll put it on the top of the tick. <laughs> what about the writer and director, Crystal? Put it on flip-flop. <laughs> yeah, put it on flip-flop for us. Uh, direct Luke Besson, who did Leon the Professional, The Family, uh, and Lucy, just to name a few. Transporter and uh, the Karate Kids, like all of them. I like Taken, but Those I just feel like once you've seen the first one, you've... I never saw mind. the other one. I will yeah. find you. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that fight dude you. Well, like, I'll do he that will too. find you. He will. Don't I liked Columbiana him. a lot. I didn't see I that. I feel like he would Shocking. come after you if Joel hasn't took seen his it. dog. I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've seen that. It's like a drug lord thing. Yeah. Okay. In a badass. Uh, that's not the one where they take his dog. Somebody's yeah. ass. No, no, no. The, that's John Wick. That's John Wick. Yeah, but I was just saying, I feel like you, that man could fall under the same. Oh, you know, that makes like sense. you could have had Keanu Reeves, or you could have had him. Do yeah. you want the budget as well? I actually had more stuff about the writer and director. Let's go. I have a game: two truths and a lie. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so get, are I'm we going after this, this Besson guy? Yes, he's French. Yes, did I you knew that? Did you knew, know anything else about him? I have Luke a few notes Bissell? about him. Yeah, I have a yeah, few notes, but might be the same things. Scandalous notes. Yes, that's <laughs> what I have. <laughs> well, Fucking a good scandalous. scandalous. <laughs> well, then you might have to let Crystal guess this one, and then I'll okay. let you guess. Okay. So, tooth truth and a lie. He wrote a cookbook called Omelette du Fromage. He started dating his second wife when she was fifteen, and he was thirty-one. He married Mia Yokovic when he the he, first one he who he not, met on this film. He did not write a cookbook. He did not. I got that from Dexter's Lab. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So he was cheese omelet. Cheese omelet. Hey, I, I thought it was funny. What did you have on him? That him and well, and also the wife. Oh yeah, he was definitely on the island. He did that movie, The Professional. Yeah. And that wife was in the beginning of The Professional. Mm -hmm. She was still very young. I think she was like 21 when this movie came out, maybe. Yeah. I'm going to save save this picture and then put it on (laughs) Facebook or something. That's a good idea. So The Professional, though, they're saying now that he's wrote it while he was living it basically yeah he had some weird mm-hmm. there's some weird it ruined the movie for me i used to yeah. love that movie yeah i liked before it too I... but then it was it was still mm, oh it's creepy now it's like you it hear yeah and it's like you hear all these great movies he did and all the great movies you've watched and then you hear really fucked up shit about him but at, at the same time i try to put into perspective that like he is french things are a little yeah. different it said that they're on the their other side age of, of the ocean was yeah. 15 their yeah. age of consent that doesn't change the oh, fact no. that like you two what do you even have in common what yeah. do you talk about exactly like the age difference between him and mia during this one like what she was, was it thir- you said she was 22 he was 38 like when this movie came out she's just like probably yeah. has daddy issues probably i mean she was not much of an actress prior to this she was model i mean she did some acting but more modeling than they grew up a little sheltered I found, I couldn't find Siskel and Ebert together. 
They didn't even fucking bother with this one. <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> I did find they were still making their show. But for some reason, all I could find was Ebert had RogerEbert.com reviews said that he gave it three stars and he was not surprised it was written by a teenage boy. Because yeah, the guy, he did write it when he was 16. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, hey. That's a little bit too far into my notes. Right, oh, I'm so sorry. We're just chatting about the movie. Don't you step on my For toes. once. <laughs> he said it was too long, too much Chris Tucker. And then uh, some of this. <laughs> Chris, Chris Tucker, Tucker was great. made it, though. It was like, really, he was really great. I Ruby. really look forward to him. Ruby Rod. And did you have anything about some sequels or some books, Crystal? No sequels. It was novelized, but it was not based on that book. I have a few notes about why it never became a sequel. Get it. Fifth Element 2 was supposed to happen, but was killed by many factors. Uh, The box office disappointment in the U.S. with only 75% of its gross came from outside the U.S. And international markets were not seen as viable back then. It took too long to make, taking over four years of production... All the main characters would be replaced. What the fuck? She's making faces at me again. Y'all cannot start acting up. I made the face so I wouldn't laugh, but it was the the face. (laughs) The face. The face. Do you want a bite of that? No. I'm listening. Okay. Joke on it. (laughs) Okay. All the main characters would be would be replaced. Dallas and Lilu wrapped up the story by finding love and saving the planet. They could have teamed up again, but Willis officially retired from acting after being diagnosed with aphasia, which impacts his memory. And yo, yo, what, Mia, Mila, Mia <laughs> has that rocky personal history with her ex-husband Beeson. There could not be a number two. Once they married and divorced, that was fucking that. Yeah, I could understand. I don't know how they would do a number two or three. Yeah. It said that um he, he started with like 300 or 400 pages. Yeah. And had to cut it down so much. And every page is a minute. Yeah. So there's enough lot. there for a threequel or a fourquel. A fourquel. <laughs> <laughs> he probably just took out some bullshit. Called yeah. a trilogy, but okay. But what is a fourquel? A fourquel. <laughs> We figured it out one At that week. point, that's like a series. A series. A four, that's what it was. A four-quill is fine. So right into the movie? No. I have to talk Crystal's about the cut. budget. All right. So the budget was $93 million. The worldwide gross was $263 million. I did not do the U.S. gross and the, the rest of the world. It and just why not? worldwide. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, they made way more money internationally than here in the U.S. So Luke Besson wrote the original screenplay when he was in high school. He had conceived the story of this movie and invented the world of the movie as a child so he could escape his lonely childhood. Oh. He began writing the script when he was 16, though it was not released in theaters until he was 38. At the beginning, we see all this stuff raining down. And as they go on, we see it looks like a galaxy is getting destroyed or falling apart and disintegrating. There is a spaceship flying near the Earth. And then we see a meteor going by. The screen says that we're in the year 1914 and we see some children and camels in Egypt in the desert. So I looked up some camel facts and most of it was all stuff that I already knew. But I found videos of how they have this weird pink balloon tongue looking thing that like comes out of the side of their mouth to attract females. Like a gland? I don't know what it is, but you would have to. in their mouth? 
it hangs out. It looks like a. She gets a, two sentences into this fucking movie, and then she's like, "I have some notes on camels. camels. I can't miss the camels. That's Don't you want to know about camels? Yes. And this is how our ADD brains work. That is Let's literally go. runs off topic. Why it takes me so long? Yeah, but look up that video because it's weird. I I feel like I need to now. One of the kids starts screaming, and I'm expecting that the meteor is maybe going to crash into the earth. Remember, this is a first-time watch for me. Mm-hmm. One little boy was riding a donkey and trying to get back to the other kids, and they are screaming, and it looks like something bad is happening. They're all calling to each other. You know, we used to have a donkey. It was the best pet ever. Oh, I loved her. They were the best. We're still in 1914. The little boy goes into some sort of old structure with columns and hieroglyphics all over the wall, and we see two Americans, an older one and a younger one. The younger one is Luke Perry. Looks like a ball sack. <laughs> in your mouth. Gross. It looks like a ball sack hanging out of its mouth. Is that spit coming out of its mouth? It like spits and Ooh. the thing, you have to Inflates. see a video of it. No, it's, no, no. I also saved that photo for the YouTube. I mean, for the Facebook. Yes, save it because we need to show people. Because <laughs> the more you so, know, you see why I have it ADD or whatever. Yeah, okay, so now when I see ball sacks hanging from trucks, I'm just gonna imagine they're camels trying to attract females. Camel tongues, camel yeah. toes. Makes you feel better. Camel tongues trying to attract camel toes. <laughs> camel tosiosis. Camel tosiosis. <laughs> The older man is trying. Oh, no, I skipped my Luke Perry. (laughs) So I didn't have a lot on him because he wasn't in the movie a lot. I know. When I first saw him, I thought he was going to be more of something, but he was nothing. They said he was one of the main credited characters, and he was not even in it that much. I remember for like 10 minutes, bud. Mm -hmm. It's probably when he was on 90210. Maybe. He was cute. So. Mm. Sure. (laughs) He was. (laughs) He um, died in 2019. He had a massive stroke at 52 years old. That's young. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought he was still making, directing whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. He was on Riverdale. He was. Did you watch it? No. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> not all of it. <laughs> did you like it? Now you I have to finish it the first in his season. honor. It, I didn't like. He struggled. It was an, a cool is a cool idea. That's the one that's like Betty and them from yeah. that cartoon. Yes. But they had other ones that kind of spun off of that too. It was a right? cool idea, but it, it wasn't that great. Yeah. What was what was the Superman one was kind of um I think they were like next to Riverdale or something. No, uh Sabrina was. Okay. Oh, I knew one of them was kind of like that. spun off near it or something like that cuz it it references What is the it. name of the school in Sabrina? It's something Dale. It might be Riverdale. Riverdale. It's not Riverdale. It's Riverdale and something else. Why are you asking me, Google Queen? The older man is trying to decipher what the hieroglyphics say. And the younger man, Luke Perry, we learn that his name is Billy, is drawing pictures. Because in 1914, you had to document drawing the pictures. The older man is looking at the hieroglyphics and discussing how it looks like an event is going to be happening every 5,000 years. Whatever is showing in the pictures that they're looking at, Baxter High School. That's oh, that not Dale. Nope. Yeah, I thought you had more. Nope. He's explaining that there is a figure, a fifth element. There it is. They said the movie title. I wonder if there's a name for that when they do that in a movie. 
And the fifth element is standing in the middle of the other four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. See that the little boy has brought water for these Americans and an older man comes and says, I'll give it to them, my son. And he takes the water. And it was like a priest or something. mm -hmm. And then we see him saying, forgive me, Lord. So we see that something bad is coming. And it looks like he has a little bottle and he's going to poison them because they know too much. The name of the city in Sabrina is Greendale. It's okay. Greendale, Riverdale. Got vital, you. vital information. Yeah, you're welcome. The older man is explaining the hieroglyphics and saying that it looks like it's a guide to a weapon against evil. They call the other man who was going to bring them the poison father now. So we see that he is a priest. He keeps trying to get them to drink the poison that he put in the water. And the older American says, I'm going to be famous for this find. You can't toast with water. And he dumps it all out. Billy goes to get some wine. And it looks like it has a devilish figure on it. I thought that that was going to forebode something. But it didn't. You're is that, foreboding. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Forebode. Foreshadow. Oh. You mean, you mean foreshadow? Yes. <laughs> Starts getting dark in the cave. And I think maybe it's going to be an eclipse. Nope, it turns out that's that giant spaceship from the beginning, and it's landing in the desert, and it looks terrifying. The older man reading the hieroglyphics has no idea what's going on, because there's a little boy holding up a light for him. And he's so busy deciphering it's the drawings. It's not even a light, it's like a gold-plated panel or something. Yeah. Like he's, he's like, Aziz, light! <laughs> he's uh, reflecting light in there. From the sun, like... Poor little kids falling asleep. Uh, Billy was tallying how many times he said Aziz light. So the door is opening to the spaceship. And since I'd never seen the movie, I'm like, is Mia going to come out of the spaceship? Because <laughs> I have no idea. With her multipass. Multipass. <laughs> it's these creatures in metal outfits waddling forward. And okay. <laughs> so as the first watcher... Yes. First time watcher. What did you did think? Did you giggle? Of that? <laughs> so I thought they looked like the creatures in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, they were a bit comical. Yeah, I was, was waiting for them to be like start chattering as they walked. Like, little tiny hats like birds. Yeah, it was a very creative idea of how to make aliens. Yeah, so. It was different. Suits were so big that the actors inside, these were the Mondashawan. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I don't, yeah, something like that. Yeah. They had to use many television monitors to see where they were going inside oh, wow. the suits. And it took three people 20 minutes to dress one Mondashawan. And you imagine how big those monitors were back in 1997. Like everything's so small now. Yeah, but and back heavy. then shit was so hey, big and heavy. Where are 1997 facts? She'll They're throw coming. Them in. They're okay. coming. You're going to be throwing them in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I don't remember where they are. I was about to be disappointed. They're in there. Somewhere. I got some good ones. Sprinkled in like magic. I told Heather she got a nasty girl shout out. <laughs> what? She, she's like, oh, I'm about to go listen. <laughs> you nasty. She's got to wait a little. I got to. That's so what nasty. I told her. Edit it down. Nasty girl, unite. so billy is scared seeing these creatures and he starts to document them with his big drawing pad like is that really (laughs) oh it's necessary with your life at that time oh it's like people snapping pictures now it's when he pulls out that little gun like that (gasps) little pea shooter (laughs) it's a tiny machine gun yeah a little pea shooter yeah i was just like what is that 
The creatures keep waddling forward because I don't know how else I would describe how they walk. I think it's a waddle. It's a good Yeah, they kind of walk like penguins. The American older man is still talking to the father and not still not knowing what's going on. And he turns around and sees the creature and asks, are you German? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Which, I mean, you think about it. Germans were terrifying. Yeah. um, Then. Yeah. So. I think that's said in Indiana Jones time. Yeah. It said in the German version that you are... Are you from Earth? The creature says the priest has served them well and the ones before him. But now the stones aren't safe on Earth anymore. There's going to be a war. They open the wall with a special key. They put the older American to sleep. I found out later. I thought maybe they killed him. I wasn't sure. The priest looks very worried that they're taking the stones. And we see inside the wall, there's a statue made of some kind of metal with its head facing up and screaming. And it looks really scary, like a sarcophagus. It was fucking weird. It, it was. That looked like some oral sex shit to me. Uh, oh. Like, I don't know why. It was just <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> it's just sitting there with its mouth open. <laughs> like, You're a disgusting human. To the air. I'm aware. I have, I have zero worries about that. The priest says, the fifth element, and the creatures take away the dusty stones. Those must be the other four elements. Billy gets out a tiny, tiny machine gun, and the creatures are leaving with the fifth element statue. The priest says if they take the stones, they'll be defenseless, but they reassure him that in 300 years, when the evil returns, they will return also. They're great allies, these alien metal suit people. And it kind of looks like Billy is going to ruin things with his tiny machine gun. I found a website. It was imfdb.org about the fifth element. And, and it tells about all the guns in the movie. Um, and are you going to elaborate on the, the IMDF? FDB. What? What's the F mean? What does it stand for? Fan. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> all right. Not as cool as I thought it was going to be. Not fans only. Just fan. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure it just was fan. It's just created Internet by movie fans. Fan database. Oh, okay. Dot org mm. with no Y. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a Mauser M712 Schnellfurrier. Was it German? Machine pistol. I have no idea. <laughs> it sounds German. <laughs> it looks appropriate for the time period, but actually the Schnellfurrier was produced. <laughs> In the early Crystal's face, <laughs> in the early 1930s, and is thus an anachronism because they wouldn't have had that gun in 1914 hmm. for Billy. Good to know. That said, however, that is the only weapon in the film that is not covered in embellishments. If you go to that website, we can post it up if somebody wants it. They showed pictures of what all the other guns started out as, and then it had a picture of them with all the embellishments. It's pretty cool. The priest. Tries to calm Billy down, but of course, Billy won't listen. Yeah, then, he's like, no. <laughs> then he trips over a chair and shoots things, and the wall starts closing. One of the tree- creatures gets locked inside, and the priest says, to hurry. He can still make it, but the creature doesn't hurry and says, time is not important. Only life is important. And the wall closes with the creature inside, and the key is sticking out of the wall. Came out of his finger, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's part of his finger. Yeah, I was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, yeah. I didn't know if they were. Is that a good thing that they were shut behind the wall? They're just stuck back there. 
you never like find machines, out, right? Because they don't. I mean, yeah, I know. But I was just like, I mean, that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah. Their ship just fucking left them. And <laughs> not even worried about not it. Important. Well, just I like, thought Fuck these dudes. I thought when they opened it later, they could let him out. They have the key. Yeah. But he's never seen again when they go back. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, let's see what happened to this creature. He's gone. He rusted out. Unfinished. Unresolved. How would he rust? They're in the desert. There's no water. Mm. Can you rust without water? Maybe. If you're without alien. It's alien metal. Mm. They're not so rusting. Is it even really metal? We're Tom Cruise in it. <laughs> How did they go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm wondering, since the priest is left out, is he still going to kill the explorers that were there? Because that was his goal at the beginning. Nobody yeah, because he was like, they know too much. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's what I was left wondering. And I had to say that that must have been part of those 400 pages. He had they to cut just out. ripped it out. <laughs> it was like, fuck it. We don't have time to explain this shit. Having never seen this movie, I had to like put in my notes how much I loved it. 12 yeah. minutes in. Oh, that's great. I really loved it. Also on our list of Christmas movies, we need to put Die Hard. Not Getting a it. Christmas movie. It's not? I thought it was. It was a big debate. Oh, well, I haven't seen it, so I can't debate. Yeah, but I will say that those that debate always want to add it as a Christmas movie because they watch it during Christmas. We'll have to let people vote on it if it's a Christmas movie. Look, I'm just adding it to the list. It'll happen when it fucking happens. It could be 10 years from now. (laughs) We're left. hard. You need help spelling it? Mm -mm. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Let's go. We're left looking at the hieroglyphic. Tick. <laughs> it um, says hieroglyphic. Them notes? Yeah. All right. It looks like a triangle with three things pointing into the middle of the triangle. And now we see we're at a military base 300 years ago. <laughs> it's like a military spaceship. A military. <laughs> what it says on the notes. <laughs> I love that you read your notes exactly. Let's <laughs> set up the military. <laughs> It's spelled correctly, though, isn't it? M-I-L-I-T-A-R-Y. Yes. <laughs> it's the military. That's how it is now. <laughs> Shush. No giggle sessions. We need to maintain listeners. <laughs> Back to the military spaceship. All over my microphone. Yummy. It's mine. <laughs> We're on a spaceship near a planet. Something massive explodes. I thought that maybe everyone was dead at this point, but it was they weren't. And we see a black ball in the sky. And we see the president of the Federated what was it called? The Federated Territories. I can't I can't remember. Yeah, I just I just know him as the president. So the president is Debo from Friday. It is. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, they just grabbed a whole bunch of Friday people yeah. and threw them so, in this movie. There's a fan theory about this that Debo and Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker got scooped up right at the end of Friday mm-hmm. and they brought him to the future for this future Earth universe. And then they went back to Friday at the end of next Friday and picked up Debo. Yeah. <laughs> Because Chris Tucker wasn't in Friday. What kind of shit you think they smoked in Friday? Debo was in next Friday, but he wasn't in Friday after next. Fuck. You're going to make me have to rewatch this goddamn movie, all the movies together. It's it's my fan theory. 
That's crazy. I made it up. <laughs> was it convincing? It was. It was. I was just like, what were they smoking? Crystal, you didn't On Friday think. for them to... Um, no, I'm shaking my head instead. Get picked up by some fucking aliens. <laughs> I thought it was a good good connection that I had. Yeah. No? And then Chris Tucker became Ruby Rod. Yeah. He was there longer. That's why he's a little weirder. I got you. Okay. I like that theory. I think it's pretty good. It's That's great. Like, she made some fan fiction about it. Solid. Yeah. solid. The whole ass. There's the sequel. You think because you say solid that I'm I'm not going to jump to the bait. Okay. You're not going to dump to the bait. Jump to the bait. Solid. Dump right. in this bait. I don't know what that means. Dump it. You're the one that said it. <laughs> I said jump. <laughs> so Debo is Tony Tiny Lister. He was in that movie, The Players Club. It's a good movie. That is, I love that movie. I actually. really do love that, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. Jackie Brown. I love the end when the guy, well, I don't want to give a spoiler. Spoiler alert. That's all we do. <laughs> when the guy goes and shoots the place up. Yeah. I love it. He was in Jackie Brown. I heard that was really good, but I've never seen it. Neither have I. The Sublime Santeria video. He was in a movie called Tamales and Gumbo. <laughs> that the that only reason delicious. The only reason I looked it up was because it had 7.2 stars on wow. IMDb. And I said, oh, let me let me look at this. No bueno. No, those had to be fake. It was the worst. It was fake stars. It was the worst thing. Oh, it's man. on Tubi. I don't know. Hard pass. Bad editing, bad acting. You should probably watch Velocipaster instead. He was also in The Human Centipede Part 3 mm. and The Amazing Wizard of Paws. Of Paws? Yes. Oh, P-A-W-S. <laughs> oh, and then there's a little bit of a movie connection to The Lost Boys. He was on Saul of the Mole Men, and so was Marco. You just said vowels. That's all those were. <laughs> what? Those were just... Saul of the Mole No, no, no. No, no, no. Those were just sounds. You were just making sounds. Those aren't words. Did I stutter? No. Say it again. Open your Saul mouth. Saul of the Mole Men. Okay. Those are just sounds. <laughs> Swallow of the moment. <laughs> it was, they should have picked a different title. It was <laughs> spell the fucking word. Saw. Saw. S O L. Saul. 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 S A U L. Saul. How would I say it? Soul. I don't know. S A U L. The name Saul, like from the Bible. Okay, correct. Saul. S A U L. Saul of the. Fucking sorry, I'm a hillbilly. Saul of the. Valley. Mole men. Mole, mole men. men. I didn't even hear mole men. Your old country ass. Oh. I thought you said Mormon. My self-esteem is in the ground so- now. Oh my god, no. So- Don't. We just <laughs> I just you were, just I didn't so- hear any words. So that is okay. Saw so, the mole men. So uh, mole men. in Louisiana. So saw Saul sounds Saul? like saw. Yeah. <laughs> Saw of the mama. Saw of the moment. <laughs> I'm glad that y'all got me to fix it so people can know. Yeah, I mean, and they may want to see it. You never it's know. Very important that they know what Saul of the moment is. Thank you. <laughs> those are good. Those are good. Uh, I heard all those words. Yes. Y'all just y'all just get me. Okay. I'll, are we? But I'll are speak we eloquently. Still talking about the president and these rubber men of his. He was a prisoner in. Batman the Dark Knight and in Austin Powers Goldmember. Oh, I did not. I can see that. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. He was also, I kept seeing wrestling stuff pop up. Originally, 
He was a professional wrestler known by the name of Zeus and Z Gangsta for the WWE. He left wrestling in the mid '80s to pursue an acting career. Dang, I didn't know that either. Did he? Um, was he the facts. guy that played in the Green Mile? Was no. he that guy? Not that guy. Absolutely. We see this guy wearing this pointy hat thing. I don't know how I would describe it, like an ice cream cone on um, his head. It kind of looked like the guys in that music Devo. video. Yes. Whip it. Yeah, it looked, that is the only way you can explain that helmet. It's like a Lego. That is Ian Holm. He was Bilbo Baggins in The Lord of the Rings, all yeah, those movies. This man is still alive at 92 years old. No. He passed away in 2020. Fuck. So recently then. So he lived to be 92? Yeah. Oh, wow. What I, I read, I didn't see that he had passed. I had just, you know, because I always like to know, like, how old they are now. And Unless then... I got my notes mixed up. I no, no, no. He, he may be dead. I may have just read an old. The priest says that the thing that they're seeing mu- chooses not to be identified because it's evil and you shouldn't shoot it because evil begets evil. The priest says the line, time is not important. Only life is important. So the surface of the thing solidifies because it's anticipating the attack and the president looks like they shouldn't attack it. But the military guy says he's confident that they should. The military man is John Neville. He was on Queer as Folk. He's an episode in this movie. Oh, I don't like him. Don't make eye contact. You said Queer as Folk and I'm supposed to know who these people are. I thought you watched it. I watched part of it. I didn't really like it. On Dangerous Minds, he was a waiter. He was on Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day Out? You don't remember that movie? Is that like where the baby escaped? Yep. Okay. He was also on The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Did y'all ever see that? No. No. I've heard of it. It was Uma Thurman's first acting job. Hmm. It is about the fantastic life of an 18th century aristocrat, his talented henchman, and a little girl in their efforts to save a town from defeat by the Turks. You wanted that to be the Aristocats so bad? Yes. Yeah, I just want to watch the Aristocats now. They got swallowed by a giant sea monster, journey to the moon, dance with Venus, and escape the Grim Reaper. Some of their adventures. That sounds like a really bad trip. <laughs> <laughs> so they shoot at the spaceship and nothing happens. Uh, the big black ball. Yeah, I was like, this dude shoots it. Even though the president's like, I don't think we should. And he's just like, I think we should. Yeah. Boom. Boom. They do it. They say that the planet has increased by 200%. The president orders them to get out of there. And it looks like the general's brain is bleeding. The black ball explodes out at them. And then we cut to Bruce Willis sitting up in bed looking scared. He's in southern Brooklyn, New York. And he has a pretty nice fish tank. And this super fun 80s music starts playing. And this machine is helping him smoke four cigarettes a day. We see there's a little white kitty cat outside, and I hope he's nice to that kitty cat. Bruce Willis was actually 42 in this movie. Oh, I wanted to know how old he was. Yeah, 42. Hmm. He answers the phone, and the guy on the phone is discussing how he's a cab driver. And we see a shelf with lots of military stuff on it. He discusses how there's only one woman he wants, the perfect woman. We can hear Chris Tucker screaming on the TV about a vacation. And how you could win a trip to what is like the perfect world. Bruce Willis tells his friend that he has 50 points left on his license, but it sounds like he's lying. He leaves the TV on for the cat, which is really nice. And then he opens the door and he has a space gun in his face from a tweaker mugger. He's got this literally living in a box. Like who steals from people living in a box? (laughs) 
like it's a box yeah it was (laughs) i put on dog tv whenever i leave the house that's nice did they like it yes his fridge was also very empty and big he's a bachelor yeah i guess so the tweaker at the door has this thing on his head so that whenever he looks out the peephole, he sees the alleyway like it's supposed to look. It's yeah, he had smart. a whole ass picture <laughs> taped to his forehead. just keep seeing him dance. <laughs> the tweaker? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember him dancing. Oh my gosh, he, he just started dancing end. in the hallway. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Now we see Bruce Willis's very interesting orange tank top shirt. Do you um, want me to explain the orange in this movie? Yes, okay. because there was a lot of orange. Okay. So, um, these notes actually come from... Your butt. No. Oh, your butt knows so much. <laughs> Days.com. Um, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Gaultier. Okay. He actually created over a thousand ostentatious, bright, and detailed costumes for the film. He did about 5,000 sketches before narrowing it down so you can only fucking imagine. But in all of his films, he chooses a dominant color. So the professional was brown, the fifth element was orange, and the Valerian is blue ice. Hmm. I thought that was really neat. That is neat. And then he also bases a lot of it off of different collections he's done. Cool. Because I even was like, why, why the orange? Yeah, it's it's not a color that you see Mm -mm. a lot of. I really love it. It's so cheerful. So, and he wanted to do costumes that were less dark and spacey. Like, is it your favorite color? (laughs) I don't think I have a favorite color. It's actually one of the reasons why they shot a lot of the action scenes during the day and stuff like that. Like, they wanted it to be a bright. Colorful, oh, yeah. spacey movie, not the dark, dreadful, futuristic movies. It is so. really bright and mm-hmm. enjoyable. Yep. I've got some Bruce Willis acting credits. So recently, when I looked at his IMDb, there are tons of new movies Yeah, that he had coming out. And they had pretty low scores, all of them. The last one with a good score was in 2019, Motherless Brooklyn. It had 6.8 stars. And before that was the movie Split from 2016. I like that one. I do like that one. Is that on Netflix right now? I don't know. I feel like I heard people talking about it. That one had 7.3 stars and Looper. Did y'all see that? I did. I I loved it. it. 7.4 stars. Okay, so his nickname is Bruno. Do you know anything about that? Why would you nickname someone whose name is Bruce? It's already one syllable. So he had, in the 1980s, an alter ego album that he went by the name of Bruno Rattolini. It had 10 tracks, and it featured the Pointer Sisters on one song and the Temptations on another song. They sing fire, right? I am not sure. He did Respect Yourself. Now that you say a that, cover. I somewhat vague, like I'm sitting here in my brain, like I can see him singing with the backup singers, Must have been but I don't know why, like maybe in a movie or something. Like There was a music video for it, if you want to look it up. Hmm. I thought that was crazy to read about. He also got $25 million for Live Free, Die Hard in 2007. He gets into his super cool space cab, and now we see he actually has five points left on his license. We're back to the priest discussing how to stop the evil. They only have 48 hours and they need one thing. The Manda Shawin have it in their possession. The only weapon to defeat evil. 
they need the fifth element, which creates a certain kind of light. I can't remember what it was called. And the light is able to reach the farthest reaches of the universe. They welcome in the Mondashawan warship to help them. And in my brain, I'm like, wow, this is all so simple and nice. It's all almost over. (laughs) (laughs) Then these goblin looking creatures come and shoot them. One of them is named Aknot and he contacts Zorg's office. Who is Gary Oldman? We see scientists talking. There was only one survivor from the Mondashawan warship. And it looks like it's not even a whole survivor. It's just a little piece of one. (laughs) Maybe like a claw. But the man, the scientist says that's enough for him to use. And I noticed on Amazon Prime, whenever you press pause, it listed four of the actors. It changes constantly. There's a thing called X-ray where it tells you who's acting at the time. It's so cool. I didn't know that. I read that Oldman only took the role of Zorg as a favor to Beeson, who helped finance Oldman's directing debut, Neil by Mouth. He said he did his duty, not thinking much of his performance, because he can't bear it. <laughs> so he <laughs> so didn't basically, love it. He just did this part. <laughs> to get his own movie done. Yeah. Kind of like, I just did what I had to do. He did a Why very country. Hmm? Why was he so Southern? Oh, that I don't. Well, his name was Jean-Baptiste, blah, blah, blah. So. Makes no sense. Yeah. I, I saw somewhere that he based it um his character on Bugs Bunny and something else. <laughs> I have it. I have it in my notes because I put to look up. What did he base this on? <laughs> so the doctor and the military guy discuss how this thing that they found has DNA like a person, but it has tons and tons of it, like perfect genetic material. They use some neon yellow Gatorade to regenerate this thing. (laughs) It's looking bad. The thing that they're regenerating is starting to look like the skull whenever that thing exploded at the beginning, the big black ball. Yeah, they call it the shadow. Yeah, but they showed that whenever they were regenerating. Mm -hmm. and So I thought something bad was going to happen. So they reconstructed it. They remove the shield, and it's Mia Jovovich. 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 I'm sorry. Hillbilly here. And she's naked. Now they put this fancy little outfit on her, and they call it thermal bandages. Ugh, wasn't that pervert's like, I want pictures? Yes, he was gross. Uh, These thermal bandages, for some reason, only need to protect 10% of your body, which I thought was interesting. She thrashes around and wakes up, and it looks horrible. Coming back to life looks miserable. She's speaking a different language, and I have some information about her. The divine language. The divine language of 400 words. Mm -hmm. So her name, her long real name is Milika Bogdanovna Jovovich. And then go. she goes by Mia. Mia. It's pretty. She's pretty. She was in the return to Blue Lagoon when she was 15. She was in Dazed and Confused. Zoolander. Six Resident Evils. Yes. That's what you were waiting for? Yes. That's what she's known for. She had um, some music, actually. She had a debut album in 1994 called The Divine Comedy and a follow-up album called The Tree People, The People Tree Sessions in 1998. Did you read how she was almost passed up for this role? Mm-mm. Yeah, she... Beeson actually passed on Mia because she was overdressed and over made up and very, very nervous when she first went. Like she was 
doing her uh, modeling thing and not so much acting. So I guess she just oh. really didn't know how to prepare for movies. But, Gave her the role because she was pretty. Well, no, 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 no. He ran into her at a hotel pool without makeup a few weeks later and reconsidered. Her it music. What? Julia Roberts and um, Elizabeth Berkley. I did see that first initially considered showgirls made her lose everything. Yeah. That there was another movie that we talked about that she was going to get and they didn't give it to her because of showgirls. I can't remember which if it was Benny and June, maybe, maybe I can't remember. Yeah. Her music is supposed to be good, though. She, you know, um, tool, right? Maynard James Keenan. So he has another band called I think it's called Pucifer. I don't know how you say it. In a perfect circle. And a perfect circle. So beginning in 2003, she worked with Maynard James Keenan on his industrial side project. I think it said Pucifer. And she is on the track Rev 2220. And in 2009, she's on another Pucifer track called The Mission. I thought that was cool. She was also on both Underworld tracks, soundtracks with Maynard on the rise of the Lycathan. What are those called, Crystal? Lichen. Lichen. Oh, I thought I had a typo. I had lichen. <laughs> lichen. Is that a wolf? Yeah. Werewolf? Mm-hmm. It's lycanthrope. Oh, I would have known that. Damn uh, it. <laughs> it said that she got Best Fight at the MTV Movie Awards for 1998, but when I looked it up, it looked like it just got nominated. It looked like Will Smith versus the Cockroach got it for Men in what Black. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> the other fights nominated was Harrison Ford versus Gary Oldman in Air Force One, Demi Moore versus Vigo Mortensen in G.I. Jane, and Michelle Yeoh versus the bad guys Pucifer. in Tomorrow Never Dies. Pucifer. 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 Silly me. So the best songs of the movies that year on the MTV Movie Awards for 1998 was The Men in Black One. Men in Black by Will Smith. I was like, that's not a good it's song. It's in my brain. I don't like it. Yeah, they played it a lot, though. They like, did. A lot, a lot. A Song for Mama by Boys to Men from Soul Food was nominated. Dead Weight by Beck from A Life Less Ordinary. Mouth by Bush. From good one. American Werewolf in Paris. A good one. And you'll know this one. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Titanic. <laughs> I still listen so, to that. Oh, oh, so you like it. I do. I love your interesting music choices that's one of her go-to karaoke songs it is one of my go-to karaoke's you want to she karaoke's with celine dion and strawberry wine i've never heard you sing in my life oh you haven't been drunk enough in our backyard how Uh, no (laughs) i've been there for crystal karaoke Uh, ah there it is (laughs) i just don't remember (laughs) that's it I do kind of remember. I have some notes on this bandage dress. They call it the bandage dress. Oh, good name. I don't see the dress part. Kelly wore it on The Office. Yeah, they did say, like, um, it took very brave women after this to wear that as, like, Halloween costumes and shit. A lot of them, because I looked him up. Um, It was inspired by Gautier's um, underwear as outerwear collection to show. Inspired by I. Got cut and put some gauze on myself. Exactly. Very sparingly. Um, I don't see underwear, but sure. Just over the nipples. To show her vulnerability and naivete, Mia says she it was a bit embarrassing walking out in nothing. In the fashion world, most of the guys are gay, and they have the etiquette not to notice, but those English guys working on the set were whistling and stuff. It was oh. awkward. 
I can't imagine. At least right? she's beautiful. It's got to help. She is. But I mean, and I imagine like for her to be modeling, she's probably walked out in some pretty ridiculous shit. So yeah. to be embarrassed to walk out in that, like, yeah. yeah, it was skimpy. Maybe she wanted to be taken seriously as an actress and then put it. her in that. Yeah. Right. It did That's get her a lot do. of uh, fight scene movies, though. She was in tons of fight scene movies. Yeah, after she this. was. She's very yeah, good. Yeah, she was like yeah. actually learning karate at the time. Like she was making this one. She was learning karate and shit for other another movie she was in. Like the, I forget what movie she had Resident lined up Evil? after this. I don't, it may have been, I don't know. There but, was something before that, I think, because I don't I, think yeah, Resident was, Evil came out. There was something prior to that where she was, um, she started doing all that and she couldn't get her kicks high enough and all that. So she started doing karate and it like really helped her out. They discuss how the glass is unbreakable whenever this idiot general guy, the one who wanted to take pictures, <laughs> goes up to the fifth element and says, really condescendingly, she'll have to develop communication skills. And she punches through the glass. I bet you loved that, Chris. I know. He was like, you want to get out? You got to learn how to talk. And she's like, fuck you. I'll get out anyway. She'll I get want. out. She punches through the glass, and I thought that she killed him. I did, too. I actually put in my notes that she killed him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she, like, ripped his heart out. Yeah. People come in with what looks like some cattle prods, I believe they're called. And she goes right through the wall like it's tissue paper. Right into the ventilation. We hear some music in the background. To me, it sounds kind of like the Donkey Kong music whenever you're in the water levels. <laughs> I loved it. The police go into the fence to try to get her, and she escapes. Into the world of flying taxi cabs. She looks terrified. As yeah, she comes out on like the side of this building that is a thousand feet high. In like, the middle of the whole city. The bottom. There are flying cars coming everywhere and flying police cars. They're all giving her directions in English, which clearly she doesn't understand at all. She jumps off the building and crashes right into Bruce Willis's taxi cab. Sounds like he only has one point left on his license now that he got in another accident. He pulls over to assess the damage, and we find out the survivor is Lilu. And he's really nice to her, and he smiles at her, and it's so cute, and she smiles back. They're having a little moment, and he is so nice to her, and then the police show up. Oh, this is when they do the bada boom. <laughs> yeah. He's like, boom, bada boom. <laughs> I love it the cops show up wanting his unauthorized passenger he eyeballs them and he kind of looks like he's not going to take their shit but then he says sorry you better do what they say yeah he's only got like one point left on his license he says he's got to at least be able to drive back right <laughs> and then she sees a sign with a little kid that says please help and somehow she figures out how to read it and pronounce it and she says please help right. but it's like it's so cute though it is so Hip. cute <laughs> She's crying, and it makes me really sad, and I hope that he helps her. He says he can't help because he needs that one point to fix his cab and get back to the garage. Luckily, he changes his mind, and he speeds away with her. There's some sp police at a super space McDonald's. As they hear the call for help over the radio, they say that they won't go until they finish their lunch. I wonder what their lunch is going to be. I had read that um, the guy who made the outfits and stuff, Gautier, like... He the fact that he even put detail into, like, their McDonald's outfits and, like, oh. he was on scene every single day checking to make sure, like, all these outfits were exactly what he imagined. I saw uh, where he had to check 3,000 outfits. Yeah, he made over 5,000 sketches 
he had to clothe a thousand people. There's the budget. So, yeah. Yeah, because they sure didn't use it for some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's some but sketchy his, stuff. His costumes and shit did make this movie. They like, are really cool. Yeah. I they're iconic. I mean, they're very iconic. Like, people still wear that stuff yeah, for Halloween. Uh, yeah. What's y'all's favorite Mickey D's meal? I don't really like McD's. I don't eat McDonald's. <gasps> I, um, I like their fries, but... I guess because it was my first job and I worked there. Every oh. time I hit the drive through I smell it and gag. See, I really love their little cheeseburgers. Oh, like yes. every once in a while I can. I can do a cheeseburger with like extra pickles, maybe some fries. They have the but, best pickles to me. Yeah. I can do I can do their little cheese. But fast food, like because we don't eat it that much when I do eat it now, it's like I, I it's purchased yucky. a virus. Yeah. Like it's it does not do well in my yeah. body. And then I feel like garbage. Yeah, it's true. So, I was really curious to see what they got, but it kind of looked like regular McDonald's food. They get some sodas and maybe some big French fries. A car speeds by and runs into them and spills Coke all over them. The guy that said they were going to get them after they finished lunch. I bet he's going to get them now that they spilled Coke all over him. Right. Probably not. <laughs> I've spilled coffee in my car at least like two or three times this month. Like a whole <laughs> cup. And we laugh at you every time. It's terrible. <laughs> So now he's speeding away, and he thinks they got away because they don't chase you after a mile. And then the police show up, and he says, oh, maybe it's two miles. They drive into an abandoned building, escaping the police. Yeah, but when those police showed up, they were lined up because they fly. So it was like six police, like three and three, on top of each other, shooting at them. Like, you're not going to get away like that. (laughs) They drive into this abandoned building, escaping the police. They try to hack his car. And they say that he got a scanner blocker. And the other cop says that means he's a car thief. Blast him. They get their big giant car machine gun thing out to blast him. And he flies straight up through the ceiling to get away. And then the police crash into none other than a big giant McDonald's space truck. He says, I think we're safe for a while. And then we see lots of cops and they shoot him up. It looks like he's mad. He gets back into his seatbelt and he says, oh, they're going to play hard. And he starts driving straight down. And Lilu is just flying around in the back seat. And it made me laugh. Yeah, she did not know what a seatbelt was. Yeah. Mm-mm. They make it into the fog. I guess they're at the bottom of the city. Maybe all the pollution from the space cars. He checks on Lilu because she's not talking. Okay, at this point, though, they're parked at the f- most fucked up angle. Like he's parked up and down. Yeah. And so when he sees her, she is at the bottom of the car, all fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) He has to climb down through the middle to get to her. She asks for a priest, Vito Cornelius, and then she passes out again. Now we see Bruce Willis appear at none other than that special priest's door, carrying Lilu. He says he doesn't do weddings and slams the door in his face. But Bruce Willis is persistent and gets him to open the door again. As soon as he tells the priest that she has a tattoo on her arm, he is very interested and we see the tattoo that it looks like four elements with little dots. How many people do you think have this tattoo? Too many. A lot. I have the elements tattooed on my chest. Oh, well, that's from your race, though. Earth, air, fire, water. That's from your race. What race was that? Battle. Oh, uh... Warrior Dash. Warrior Dash, yeah. So they're your tattoos and you don't know what they're from? Yeah, she just tries to Just remember. told you where they were from. <laughs> I thought you heard uh, the Warrior Dash. I've done a lot of races in my time. Oh, you had to remember which one. Yeah. 
Yeah. You did do a lot All of her races. chest tattoos are her races. I didn't know there was more than one. There's yeah. two. And on her back chest is tattoos? her horror. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Do you have any tattoos from movies? Yes. <laughs> a few from some horror movies. That's funny. You're funny. Yeah. <laughs> I had it in my notes, actually. I was going to go, <clears throat> Crystal, who has movie tattoos? The tattoos. Me. Ninja Turtles. And we have our show tattoos because I got um, the Umbrella Academy. Oh, yeah. That, mine's, that's still a oh, movie. Oh, yours the movie. Resident Evil. Yeah. Funny. She got Umbrella Corporation and I got the Umbrella Academy. Oh, so you really like Resident Evil? That was a rainy day in Texas. I love it. And you got umbrellas? <laughs> yeah. We really did. We got umbrella tattoos. We couldn't hang out like outside and do shit at the um, pier. Where were we? Yeah. Kima. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure yeah. for you. So, because it was raining at the time, so we were like, eh, fuck it, let's go get some tattoos. They were open. So Love it. We did it. Got some umbrellas. I'm getting an orange tattoo for our Florida vacation. Yeah. After. The color orange or an orange. An actual the, orange. The shock the top. shock top orange. Oh, cool. The priest says, the fifth element, and he passes out. Corbin slaps the priest awake. The priest asks who he is. Corbin says he's the guy who brought the redhead in, which they actually did dye her hair orange for this movie. Obviously. It's not a wig. Okay, the priest is explaining how it's a miracle and that she's speaking an ancient language, which we will learn is the divine language. Yes, she may have a concussion or maybe just let the girl have a nap. He tells her to wake her gently because she is mankind's most precious possession. As Corbin is looking down on her, he decides to kiss her awake. And Lilo wakes up, eyes wide open, and puts a gun to Corbin's head. She's rambling on. What were you going to say? I was going to say I thought it was funny because the priest is like rushing around. I was like, oh, he's doing something important. (laughs) Like in a manic panic. But he's going to change clothes. Yes. (laughs) He just can't find the right shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Okay, she's got a gun to his head. We don't know what she's saying, but she's pissed. He backs away slowly, apologizing. He tries to remind her who he is. He says, bada boom. He tells her he's Corbin Dallas, and she spills out this long-ass name, but says she's Lilu after he asks for a shorter name. Um, the priest runs in with a gold alien key. Lily cheers up and the priest runs Corbin out the door. Literally, he's just like, we got shit to do. Move it along. I thought it was neat during that part because I had never seen it when the priest is kind of saying she's the perfect woman. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he was talking about that at the beginning, finding mm-hmm. the perfect woman. Yeah. Um, so the priest gets him out the door very quickly, but before he goes, Corbin asks what ectogamet means, and the father says, never without my permission, which is what she kept saying while he was trying to kiss her, that I have a bajillion animals to feed. We spent like $150 today on animal food, feeding the dogs and cats. We didn't even, we didn't even buy shit for the birds. We did that the other day, though, but still. Oh, birds. I was like, do you have birds? It was just like, oh, my God, groceries for the animals was just about as much as I spent on us. And y'all have a new cat now, right? Yes. Did you name it Lilu? I think you should. No, no, no. We named him um, Louie. Louie. From? Nowhere. My brain. Oh. <laughs> he looks like a little Louie. Oh, Louie. I call him Lulu. What was Bruce Willis' name in the movie? 
Corbin. Corbin Dallas. Corbin Dallas. No, no. I want to name him Louie. Initially, she wanted to name him Simon from Bridgerton. Shut up. Hey. I would not allow it. From what? Nope. From Bridgerton. nothing. From You've Simon never says. watched Bridgerton? I don't even know what that is. It's fucking wonderful. Oh. It's like, um, so you like the Romeo and Juliet, right? It's a um, period. Kind of. Yes. Yeah, I mean, is. I like it. So but it's I don't... kind of like, um, you know, back in the English days. She's, but you already lost her. With new age music and stuff. Like, it sounds pretty, bad to me. It's but not. I'm glad that y'all no, love it. They do it like in an orchestra setting, though. So it hmm. is pretty great. Hmm. She's only acting interested. Get out of here. I care. I care that you're <laughs> The whole interested. time I watched it, I knew Crystal would love it. So now that she watched for the fifth time. um. She really, really loves I'll it. I'll try it. I love that she loves it. You don't have time to try it. No, I really Get don't. Real. I don't. <laughs> I don't really like it when they mix things with current. Like Where's in that, my shirt, Joel? A night. <laughs> it's coming. You got a lot happening. All right. In A Night's Tale, whenever they play that, we will rock you. Yeah. I hated it. Uh-oh. No, these are great. These are great um, songs. I think you would like them. Back to the movie. Finger calls asking where his cab is. Finger is uh, his boss man and says it. Okay, Corbin says it purrs like a kitten. I just want to say this bitch barely flew in the garage. Mm -hmm. Like it's all shot up and shit. So he's lying to his boss. Lilu is eating out of a huge bowl. And I just want to say this is my dream cereal bowl. She walks over to the kitchen, throws her bowl in this fancy microwave that fills it with food. I didn't notice it. Did she throw something in the bowl before she put it in the microwave? I didn't see. But or I she just to. put it in the microwave and fucking a huge ass bowl of food appears. That would be I think great. so. It's future food. I love it. It's like a dehydrated. It's probably dehydrated. Yeah. You just push like I want a whole ass chicken and you get it. Mm hmm. Okay, the priests are discussing utter importance, and this girl just wants to eat. In the next scene, Zorg is telling his guy to fire one million. One million what? I don't know. People? Oh, yeah. He wants to fire people. The priest is talking about the stones when the younger guy comes in. I, his name is David, but throughout my notes, I kind of just call him the younger preacher um, with some clothes. So I'm just like, why was he running around looking for clothes? If this dude comes and brings some clothes. Or it was clothes for her, right? Yes, clothes but I don't know Lilo. why they had girl clothes. I don't know. Maybe they found it in the lost and found. Oh, he maybe was sewing. Maybe because he they sewed were it. at church. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, he it's comes important. In, yeah, he comes in with some clothes for her to wear. And she tells them that she knows where the stones are. In the next scene, Jean-Baptiste, which is Zorg. Um, talking like a Southern Baptist preacher, which annoys the fuck out of me throughout this movie. Oh, it's supposed to be a cross between then presidential candidate Ross Perot and Bugs Bunny. Oh, I don't know if that's true. It was on I IMDb. Can, I can get the Ross Perot thing now that you say that. Like, yeah. I I see it. He's talking to the Mangalore Aknot alien telling them it's their time for revenge after the government spread their people to the winds. Um, I feel like he's just stirring the pot. And I want to know if this was the planet that was blown up. Like, is that what he means by spread your people to the winds? That he blew up Agnot's planet? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Do you feel? Okay. 
I don't. I really totally either. missed that, but okay. that sounds like a good. Theory. Well, just the way he was saying, like you should get revenge on the government because they did this to you. Which I was just like, it was that one dude who wouldn't fucking listen when he was like blowing up. Oh no, they were blowing up the um shadow, the shadow. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't their planet. Okay. Baptiste is selling them massive military-looking guns that fire miscellaneous weapons as its target. Oh, at its target. No matter which way it faces, which I found this to be quite hilarious because he spins the gun around like he's shooting everywhere, but the yeah. bullets just go where they're supposed to go. And he look, they look like they're ready to these kill him. A- right. These aliens are like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this gun shoots bullets, missiles, darts, flames. We see later it also shoots, what, like nets and ice. Ice. <laughs> It chops, it dices, it shreds as well. Um, <laughs> Baptiste, I bet it does. Probably. Baptiste ends up opening the case of stones meant to be payment for the weapons and discovers it's empty. Then the screen quickly flashes to Lilo, who is laughing like a dolphin. Oh, I did not notice like, that. <laughs> it's like it just quickly jumps. It's almost like she's reacting to something else, but... It it worked perfectly because he opens it, he sees they're empty, and then she's just like, eh, like that. <laughs> okay, I totally so, missed it. Um, uh, Zork is demanding an explanation. At the same time, Lilu is telling the priest, the guardians gave the stones to someone they trust. She's supposed to meet this person in a hotel, and she's looking for the address, which I'm just like, when did she get this message that she's supposed to meet somebody yeah. in this exact hotel? Like, she came from a piece of a hand. Yeah. I don't know Was that if she has, like, all-inclusive knowledge. I don't know. But doesn't know the English language. <laughs> it must be something that they cut out because yeah. I wanted to know that, too. Yeah, How did it she was, know? It was a little weird to me, but we're moving on. Um, the Mangalore tells Baptiste, you asked for a case, and I brought you a case. He says it was supposed to have four stones in it. And the Mangalore says, we are warriors, not merchants. Which I thought to be kind of funny. He tells them zero stones equals zero crates and goes to instruct his men to pack it up. When the aliens draw their weapons, demanding a little compensation. Zorg ends up giving them one crate for the cause. He walks off, telling his guys how much he likes a killer Starts talking about a red button on the bottom of the gun and laughs about it. And then we see an alien push the red button and an explosion happens directly behind Zorg. And he says he needs the priest. This was kind of one of those little funny moments where the aliens were all trying out the guns and they were doing weird, random, stupid shit. So I guess he was supposed to tell them the red button or he just... Decided he had not something to, to make it. He intentionally did not tell them so they would push the button. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Now we see it's Tricky, known as Right Arm. Um, is he a rapper? Oh, no. He was from Friday, too, right? I don't oh, know. Oh, I don't know. Is that um, the sidekick? Yeah. Like his little helper guy? I don't know what he okay. was on. Well, his name is Tricky in real life, but in the movie, it's Right Arm, and I do not know his legal name. Um, Tricky and three big dudes wearing purple bowls, condoms. I don't know what they are on their hat, on their heads. They kind of look like swim caps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the priest asks, <laughs> weddings? Question mark. 
And they tell the priest that Zorg wants to see him. Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Like they give his whole ass name. Zorg wants the fifth element. The priest says he wants to destroy it. Zorg goes on to explain that by creating destruction, he's creating life. Like he gave this whole spiel. I couldn't keep up with it all. It's pretty a uh, creative way to defend himself from right. doing shit. Like things. I was just like, dude, you created this fucked up scenario in your own brain. I do recognize the tricky guy. Yeah, he's in the band Massive Attack. Oh. I have a song called Paradise Circus that's really good. Hmm. From True Blood. Oh, okay. And they did the the song on um House. I know they had a lot I of think big, it's on House. big names on this meet. Like they were big names, but they weren't truly meant to be big names. I don't know. It was crazy. Okay, so Zorg wants the fifth element. Um, at this time, he shoots his drink back and starts choking. And the priest is just fucking looking at him, asking where his button is to save him. He said, you don't even have a button to have someone pat you on your back. Zorg's pressing buttons all over his desk and choking. And he's got one of those go-go gadget desks. <laughs> Where random things start flipping out, including a cactus in a pot. Another and that little elephant creature. Yeah, a little random alien creature. I don't know if that was his. It looked pet. like a little uh, garbage disposal. On, yes, uh, the Flintstones. Flintstones. Yeah. yeah, I it was, was like, cute. what movie was that from? I was thinking it was a different one. But uh, that's it. <laughs> okay, and the priest tells him, with all his power, it can come crashing down, all because of one little cherry. And then he slaps the shit out of him on his back. This cherry flies out, hitting that poor little desk pet in the eye. Um, then the priest, oh, then Zorg has the priest hauled off, sparing his life for now. The priest tells him he's a monster, and Zorg says, I know. Uh, the priest is looking for the stones. The colonel tells him the Mondoshawan never trusted the human race and that they gave them to someone they can trust. This conversation is being spied on by a roach being controlled by right arm. And I feel like I would immediately see that roach. Dude, yep. that's like one of those big flying immediately. ones. Immediately, yeah. yeah. Just there is no way it would chill. White ass desk. Nope. It wouldn't hurt anything. Mm-mm. Well, the general continues saying the stones are with Plavaguna. Plava Laguna. Plava Laguna? Yes. Okay. The diva. I'm not going to say that right again. Plava Laguna. Okay. Plava Laguna. She's the diva. That's just what I'm going to refer to her as. As are you, being a diva. <laughs> and she's going to sing at the charity <laughs> ball <laughs> in Flolston Paradise. In Floston. a few hours, Floston. She's going to perform there in a few hours, and they just have to send someone to get the stones. So simple. Then the, who was it? The president who smashes the roach and sidearm screams. Yes. Because he had his headset on. and Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's right in his yeah. ears. It's like right in his ears. Smash the fuck out of that roach. Okay. That was one of the rye scenes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I love your laugh with the roach. <laughs> your eyeballs are going to get stuck rolled back like that. 
All right. Corbin is talking to what looks like an Asian street vendor who is asking him why he doesn't open a letter he has. I want that to be a real street vendor. Same. The Chinese boat yes, just comes to your just, house. You just get it from your... I mean, I guess technically we have delivery now, but they I don't want... fly in a it's, boat. It's I want cold, it though. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh. Okay. Um, Corbin says the first one he got was from his wife saying she was leaving him. The second was from his lawyer telling him he was leaving with his wife. The man says, oh, that is bad luck. <laughs> but grandfather says, it never rains every day. This is good news, guaranteed. I bet your lunch. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> it's a good bet. Corbin agrees, gives it over to the cook who immediately reads, you are fired. Corbin says, at least I won lunch. His phone rings and it's his mother talking so fast in her Brooklyn accent, bitching that she's left 17 messages on a machine that's good for a thousand years. She wants no excuses. And we see the street vendor, Mr. Kim, is backing away from his window. It's a flying ship. He's telling his mom that he's smashed his cab, he's lost his job, and he got mugged. Besides that, everything is peachy. But he has no clue what she's talking about when she says he's won a 10-day trip to Flolston Paradise for two. She says they've been blaring it on the radio for the last two hours. His mom truly is one of those moms that just is not even listening. She's just screaming through the phone the just entire time. droning on. Yes. This was her only acting credit. I have her name somewhere, but had to look her up. Oh, yeah. No, she was just an angry mom to me. Jill Mullen. Okay. Very important. General Monroe shows up to Corbin's place saying he heard he lost his job and that he had one for him. While this was all going, I what was... What the fuck was that? Did you just throw up in your mouth? I accidentally made a noise. You all right? All right. I that did. sounded like you shake your pants. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> your face, Crystal. <laughs> no, I did this. <laughs> that sounded like an alien sound. Oh my like god! A, it's a I'm little gonna ducky. Need nine hours to edit this. We really love playing on these microphones. So <laughs> deal, deal with it. <laughs> no editing. Everything no, stays in. Yes. Okay. Um, during this time, I was more concerned about the very large woman placed behind him. Yes, the trunch bull. Yes, <laughs> it wasn't her, but that's what it looked like. <laughs> she played Major Iceborg. Her name's Julie T. Wallace. I just put that she looks really mean, but I did want to know a little bit about her. Did you look her up? No, that's as far as I went. Oh. Okay. Um, Corbin tells him he's retired. Three reasons. His list of, oh, the three reasons they want him to do this job. His list of expert use of weapons is extensive. And when he pulls out this list it goes all the way to the oh, ground it's like a rite aid receipt i'm just like do that many weapons i guess they probably do exist um he's the most highly decorated and he's the only surviving member of his unit that lady was on fags mags and bags what the fuck I'm a so podcast series from 2012 about I don't know. <laughs> mags fags and bags bags all right. His door buzzes. He sees Lilu. First, he tells the general it's his wife. 
Then he says it's a girl he's going to marry, but she hates the military and tells them they have to hide. He starts shoving them in the refrigerator and he pushes a button. The fridge moves down into the floor because he lives in a box like everything in his house moves. It's very cool. Everything's in the wall and it moves. And I'm just like, where does it move to? Like, do fridge just rotate up and down the building? No, we don't know. All right. Yeah, the shower and everything folds up. Yeah, Joel has a, a middle finger picture just oh. queued up, ready to show me. Yeah, because I got her a minute ago. I got you. This middle finger game has been going on for weeks now. It's very mature. It's going to be years. Now. <laughs> I think it's been since we went to that um, bar, the with the eyeliner guy, guy liner, guy liner. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that '90s band. All right, y'all are ridiculous. Corbin opens the door to Lilu only to have a gun pulled on him by the priest demanding his tickets to Flostin Paradise because they are on a mission to save the world. And the police enter the building saying they are on police patrol, so now he has to hide Lilu and the priest as well. He starts shoving them into various places that move into the wall. Uh, the cop approaches his door asking if he's human. As they scan the room, and he says, no, he's a human popsicle. Which during this time, he had, like, shoved the priest in the bed. And where did he shove Lulu? In the shower, maybe? We find out later she's in the shower. Okay. And then, what is, y'all are still at it? No. Okay. Um, During this time, they end up arresting his neighbor, who's being a bit combative, thinking... So, I think that they put his name on the other door. Yeah, so I put that in there, because when they look at the tag on the door, like, it's just kind of in there. So, yeah, I put... It's because Corbin put his tag on his neighbor's door. The cops bring him to the aliens, and they're going to use this bagged Corbin to negotiate. But it's not really Corbin. Corbin's warming up Lilu when he hears a moan and remembers the priest is wrapped in plastic in his bed in the wall. After wash. Yes. <laughs> Corbin is offering the priest coffee when the priest hits him in the back of the head with a trophy and steals his tickets and takes off. He's very dedicated. That priest. Yes. And like even Lilu, who like has no clue, knows like it's wrong. Yeah. You can tell she's, like, looking at him with disdain. The priest brings David, who's the young priest, and Lelou to the airport to catch the flight to Flostin Paradise. David's sweaty and shaky when he hands over his ticket, and we see Corbin's also made it for his flight and catches David trying to pass as Corbin Dallas. David has to go and tell the priest that Lelou is on the flight with Mr. Dallas, and the priest freaks. Multipath. Yes. The priest was at the bar at the time. <laughs> Who could blame him? Right. In the next scene, we hear the cashier say Corbin Dallas is questionably. Oh, Corbin Dallas questionably. And the camera pans to the survivors of a Mad Max movie. Um, <laughs> I don't truly know. That's what they look like. Yeah. It's obvious she knows something's up, so she asks them to hold while she scans them and discovers the guy's dangerous alien, who reminds me of the nasty bug in um, Men in Black. Oh, I see that. Yeah. 
Um, it looks like he's morphing underneath. He's sweaty, looking quite nauseous. And the lady alien next to him runs them off. Lalian, if you will. A Lalian, yeah. With her see-through green skirt, plastic. The, I did read there was deleted scenes during this. Um, when they first arrive at the airport, there was supposed to be uh, these creatures that were the garbage creatures yeah they were like on strike yeah they were on strike and there was policemen after them like they all jump in the trash and then the policeman's 500 pound pig jumps in after them and the garbage but it's supposed to explain while there's just piles and piles and piles of garbage everywhere they just had it in there the only thing was the lady referenced it when they were checking yeah she was that was sorry for the mess and that was about it. So that was deleted, um, just in case anyone was curious as to why it's so trashy. Um, during this time, an attendant comes and grabs Corbin, saying they needed him. And Lilu is stuck holding her multipass. Multipass. Multipass? The female aliens start shooting up the place. Yep. The one that was with the um, other Corbin, the Mad Max lady. Start shooting up the airport. I did like her code. They're Mangalores. Yeah. Mangalores. Yeah. Their names was so close to the Mondashan ones I was getting mixed well, up. Well, I had at the, like, towards my part, they show up a lot more. So yeah. So I had to know what they were. What they were called. at my hair right now? <laughs> <laughs> this time, Corbin Dallas now gets to meet Ruby Rod, played by none other than Chris Tucker. They are shuffled down the hallway by his posse. It's wild, crazy energy. And he's making out with the stewardess and sticking his mic in Corbin's face. That all of those scenes were so fast to me. They kind of made me so, anxious. Very. So very, much was going very on. anxious. And he, I know there's like been references since this movie's come out about how he kind of looks like the singer from Goof Troop. Oh, Powerline. Yes. So that's like since then, that's kind of all I see. That's funny um, to think about. The part of Ruby Rod was originally to be played by Prince. Um, Prince had a few scheduling issues as well as issues. What? I think he didn't like the costumes too. Yeah, he had issues Amazingly. with the costume designer and stuff. I like him. Prince? No, I like Chris. Oh, Chris yeah. Arthur. I oh, think Chris Prince Tucker. Tucker. I like Chris Tucker. Um, could not have. I don't think Prince could have given the same energy. So out there. Serious, He's so I calm. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Tucker only has 22 acting credits. Uh-huh. I thought there would be way more. And a lot of them were music videos and Rush Hour. He was in Rush Hour in 1998, and since then he's done Rush Hour 2, some music videos, Silver Linings Playbook, Rush Hour 3. That was a good book, movie. And a movie called Air, that Michael Jordan movie. He's not doing a lot besides oh, that. was like recent. A, yeah. But that was really the only one. And Rush Hour 4 is in development. I read that he started out doing comedy. And he was known for a very clean, non-vulgar comedy routine on hmm. Deaf Comedy Jam. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, when you said non-vulgar, I was yeah. like, huh. Yeah. But yeah, I see it now. Uh, let's see. Ruby Rod kicks out his entourage to tell Corbin he basically is going to need more energy from him tomorrow from five to seven. They kept saying <laughs> stuff about green. So green. Super green. Super yeah. green. I was like, what would that mean? I really couldn't figure it out. 
I think it just means cool. Cool. Yeah. I was like, maybe green is like amazing, like because there's no plants. Green. No plants or anything. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, okay, green. Maybe super green's the weeds. Oh, Since they picked green. them up from Friday. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Somebody run with this fan theory. It's accurate. Yes. All right. Corbin ends up grabbing him by the neck, tells him he didn't come here to play Pumbaa on the radio and that tomorrow from five to seven he's gonna have to give himself a hand and i too wrote green question mark super green question mark green (laughs) we know what it is now right right hand is now trying to pass as corbin dallas because everyone wants to be corbin dallas at this point and this lady is totally fucking over these shenanigans she tells him boarding is finished with a smile and the shit shuts down behind her. Now on the flight, they are laying in the pods you have to climb into, which this was truly bizarre to me. Like, I don't know what you have to pay to fly, but they're just laying, laying. And I'm like, how? To, like, climb in there to lay down. How long is the flight? I know. They put them to sleep. Yeah. I mean, once they take off, we, we do discover it's a spaceship, not an airplane. But it couldn't have been that long of a flight so. because, like... The priest is up there. Yeah. Later. Dude, like, he chose a shit place to hang out. Yeah. Hey. Yes? So if Super Green is supposed to be cool, then why is his name Ruby? I don't fucking know. It's like Christmas. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Something to do with Friday. Maybe. Really thought you were about to say farts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they're laying in these pods. Lilu tells Mr. Dallas she's going to protect him just before they get put to sleep. A flustered stewardess is telling Mr. Rod he's going to have to get ready for his flight and assume his regular position. And he pops up from down below, um, says he wants all the positions. I really didn't know how to write notes about this part. We're just Yeah, there was... We're just going to reference there's probably some oral sex happening. PG-13 s- some, some things happening below. Um, there are men under this plane asking for heat repeatedly. Um, these guys come up and just start blowing with blow torches under the, what I thought at the time was a plane under the ship. Um, and they're cooking critters from under their liftoff gear, question mark. All those little... Things that start falling out. Yeah, they're like parasites. They look like critters. Yeah, they call them parasites, but they look like critters. So these were boglins. Wait. Okay, so their team in the sealed suits are boglins, the 1980s puppet toys. And with them is bumbleballs covered in knobs. Wow. The parasites, uh-huh. it says, was bumble. Remember those bumbleballs? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things where I'm like, that is an interesting budget choice. That is. I like it, though. It worked. Yeah. yeah. It did work. To me, like I said, it reminded me of a scene from The Critters. Yeah. Okay. Available. And I want to watch oh, it. Look, and so when those guys kept saying heat, and they were like, what, trying to light their smokes or whatever. I don't yeah. know if they're smoking weed or whatever, but it was just like... I kept waiting for these dudes in blowtorches to come and just blow their faces off or something. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of... <laughs> they were like, we need heat, heat. They didn't have a lot like, of reasoning for this no, scene. It was, it was. I mean, of all the things to leave in, I would yeah. think, I would have much rather the um, garbage guys on strike. Yeah. I think. Explain the garbage yeah. lining the airport. Yes. Okay. 
Um, right hands having to tell Baptiste he wasn't able to get on board because the real Corbin Dallas is on the flight. And Baptiste blows him up right there in the airport with everyone around. No shits given. Nope. Um, we see they're taking off in a spaceship. Zord gets a call from Mr. Shadow. He wants to know how the stones are, and Zorg is stumbling on his words. He's sweaty and starts bleeding from the top of his head. Because they're wearing, like... But it's weird, because, like... It doesn't what, look like blood. It yeah, looks no, like blood, but it doesn't. When they show it, it's like he's not really bleeding from anywhere, because he's wearing, like, that weird, clear headgear. But it's, yeah. like, coming from his forehead. Yeah, like, I saw it, that. It wasn't from the top of his head. And then it looked like oil. Yeah. yeah. Like, it had an oily consistency. We need a... A description of why and how. Okay. The spaceship's approaching a Spacey's cruise ship and Corbin and Lilo wake up. Uh, I think she like bailed before he did because Lilo is approaching what looks like a bunch of native Hawaiians with their lays and the priest is found tied up in some undercarriage gear. Um, At this time, Corbin was like running to catch up with her. Um, I don't think I don't see where like he actually saw her because he ends up elsewhere anyways. Like they're not together for quite a while. I know. Um, Corbin gets snatched up. He's waiting to meet the diva. And he's also waiting for Ruby Rod to show up with his ticket. When his mom calls him in his fancy suit, bitching about being in labor for two days. I guess she's mad that she didn't get an invite. She wanted to go on that trip. On the cruise ship. So I didn't really catch everything she was bitching about because she has quite a strong accent. But I did catch that she was in labor for days. Do you want to hear about the substance? Felt very unappreciated. Oh, yes. yes. Okay, so it's not blood. Yeah. It is a substance that reveals the presence of evil force. Oh. The condensation from surrounding air combined with some sinister force that is making it look that horrendous. It is there to remind that this force has a real presence and that the closer you are to it, the darker the reality becomes. Oh, that is a good cool. to What know. is that from? IMDb. Oh. Okay. Not the F. Not the F. <laughs> Not the fan. No. All right. And now we're on to Joelle's part. Joelle yes. already I mean, did her part. Fucking crystal. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how often people motherfucking say motherfucking crystal nuts those words <laughs> fucking crystal i don't know why i always think joelle comes after me but it she is when you do it too never does i know never, never. when you do We're, it too i get a little nervous i'm like wait i, don't have I didn't do that the what whole time i'm getting do? to the end i'm like okay it's joelle's turn finally but right. probably because not. i talk so much it is my wife's turn. let's ready let's, let's ready. do it ready set go Let's ready. Let's ready. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Badass diva is walking through the hallways. Diva sends a warrior woman to give because uh, that's what she looks like. Yeah. A warrior woman to give Lilu a message. She will give her what she needs after the concert. Stay here. Now we're going live with Ruby Rod and Corbin. They enter the opera house. One of the waiters goes to a back room, and the Mangalores are waiting to attack. So I was wondering the whole time, like, why isn't he concerned about where Lilu is at all? Like, he just goes at, to at the, like the he's there for that fucking purpose. Yeah. And um, I saw in the script he handcuffed her in the room so she couldn't leave because he wanted to go to the concert alone to work. Yeah. So like he did, works alone. Did he um, did he know that he's the, supposed to be the protecting diva? The diva. Had, 
Did he know the diva had the stones? Oh, he's there to protect the diva. He says because they on, know that he yeah. she has the stones. Like yeah. the military people he says probably later told on him he's all here that. to protect her. Okay, I didn't catch I didn't that part hear that either. Good job, guys. Yep. Nope. All right, diva comes out and starts her her concert. She's tall and blue, and awesome. I don't know what's going on with her head, but it's got what tentacles looks like yes yeah so i read that um Beeson actually kept her isolated from the rest of the um cast because he wanted like everyone's true reaction to her when she came out mm-hmm. like in all her blue glory yeah i thought that was kind of cool yeah i saw that she when thought- they do things like like they think that much about it yeah to just and that like- that was um bruce willis's real reaction yeah yeah so she has a great voice. And uh, she practiced 30 times a day for three months to lip sync the song. Oh, so. I do have a few notes about her operatic song. Yes. Um, I read that it is actually impossible for a human to change notes as quickly as she does. Well, she's an alien. So what they had to do was she literally sang each note and they pieced it all together to make that sound like everyone loves it but Sounds it's just taxing. like it is truly impossible Tedious. to sing that in real life she laughed when they gave her the music yeah because you can't do it no she was like there's no fucking way like they had to just piece it all together i thought that was cool yeah all right that's all you got yeah okay. for now just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. everyone is captivated by her zorg is granted permission to dock on the ship under the pretense of his ship needing repairs the security guard is in the diva's room and someone knocks to deliver champagne for the diva. He gets shot by a Mangalore. The warrior woman jumps up and she also gets shot. And the Mangalores are ransacking the room looking for the stones. They find the case. Lilu busts into the room and kicks all of their asses. The diva gets a standing ovation. Zorg walks into the diva's room and tells Lilu to hand over the stones. He points the gun at her, and she tosses the case to him and then escapes into the air ducts. Ooh, speaking of cases, I have a note as well on this diva operatic number. Uh, Because movies weren't shot digitally, the scene with the diva's operatic number almost didn't happen. The case carrying the film had fallen in transport to the plane and then ran over by a forklift. The associate producer, John Americarella, was called to LAX where he was given a literal trash can of damaged film. Luckily, they had enough usable footage and he was able to cut the scene together. Oh, wow. Right? And that's like one of the top scenes of yeah. the movie. Like the scene. Like the, yeah. Justin so. had to show it to me because he loved it so much without <laughs> letting me watch the movie. He's like, you don't get to watch the movie. Just watch this one good part. Yeah. So, yeah, that part almost didn't happen, but it's great that it did. All right, Zorg starts shooting into the ducts. The Mangalores bust into the ship's control room and take over the ship. Then they rush into the opera house. The diva is shot and falls. Zorg sets a 20-minute timer, which I'm assuming is a bomb. The diva says Corbin must give her the stones. The fifth element, Lilu. She says Lilu needs his help and his love, or she will die. Lilu is in the vents crying and asking for help. Zorg goes back to his ship with the case. Corbin asks the diva where the stones are. Zorg opens the case and starts laughing, then crying. <laughs> the stones aren't in the case. Of course not. 
The diva says the this stones, man just keeps getting empty cases. The diva says the stones are in her. A Mangalore puts in a gun. her. Yep. In her, in her, in her. Got you. How did they get in there? Is what I want to know. And how were they going to get them out? Well, that's personal. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good explanation. <laughs> a Mangalore puts There's a gun. There's only one way in. <laughs> is there? Okay, let's go. I mean, she's either swallowing them or she's inserting them. Butt plugs. Maybe through the belly button. Definitely not. Corbin digs into the diva's abdomen and finds the stones where she, he digs where she got shot, by the mm. way. I liked the description in the script of how he gets the stones from her and how fights these people. Corbin spins and in one swift motion breaks his arm. Just for starters, Fuck. another warrior rushes over. Corbin punches him into oblivion and snatches the gun. Then he wraps them in his shirt and gives them to Lockrod. Because his name wasn't Ruby Rod originally. Hmm. You don't like that? Punches really, him into oblivion. I really loved all that verbiage. Like whoever <laughs> wrote that, it, it's great. That's a why I'm not a writer. <laughs> Fuck. All right, so. Well, I'm doing podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Corbin digs into the belly and finds the stones. And then Corbin says Ruby's name. And Ruby accidentally shoots the Mangalore. <laughs> The other Mangalores hear the shot and start coming towards them. Corbin tells Ruby to guard the stones with his life or he'll end up like the dead Mangalore. Corbin comes out of the opera house and shoots a bunch of the Mangalores. Yeah. The word Mangalore is written down so many times here. Mm-hmm. Shots and explosions. The timer is down to 10 minutes. Corbin arrives at the control room. He shoots the leader. Then he finds Lilu. Then now the timer is down to five minutes. Ruby. And when Ruby and the priest find that timer, that's hilarious. Ruby and Father Vito find <laughs> the bomb. Ruby says if it was a bomb, then the alarms would go off. It's and the way then, he reacts with his mouth just open. Like, and uh, then the alarms uh. go off. <laughs> Two so minutes. it must have to hear somebody say alarm. And then he was like, this bomb. ship doesn't have, what did he say, um, bomb detectors or something? Yeah. And as soon as he says bomb, <laughs> yeah. he must have to say yeah. it. He's like, they don't have bomb detectors on this ship. Two minutes to complete evacuation. Corbin and crew are running. Zorg comes back. One minute to total evacuation. Corbin and crew find a ship to evacuate in. Zorg gets the bomb and inserts a card and the bomb stops. A Mangalore wakes up says for the glory and overrides it for the honor sorry <laughs> a mangalore overrides it and the bomb continues to count down of did course. you see his controller it was like a magna lock that no. he spun like <laughs> it looked like it. a locker yeah. lock <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> all right so the ship blows up as the court as the corbin and the crew take off ruby rod's transmission ends he said that's going to be his greatest show I saw that the the Mangalores. Did you see that when some he was of like, them? That's all. That's all, folks, or something. <laughs> did you see that some of them have goggles on? I don't know. I was so distracted by their ears. Yeah, like their ears were always moving. Why do they yeah. have goggles on? Because you could see their eyes through the masks, and they wanted to save time and money on makeup, so they put oh, goggles on some fuck of them. Yeah, throw some goggles on them, bitches. Ninety. What was it? Ninety-two million dollars. Yeah. Strap on some goggles. Mm-hmm. 
They gave it all to John Paul. Yeah. So they're on their way to the temple. Lilu says humans act strange. Everything they create is used to destroy. Exactly. See this, the president celebrating? Then one of the scientists says there's a problem. There's a ball of fire headed straight to Earth, and they have no idea how to stop it. They have one hour and 57 minutes. That's fucked. Corbin tells the president he will call him back in two hours and hangs up. <laughs> I like how he times it after. That's how I would plan my phone call. <laughs> yeah. I'll call you right back. Did they say what happened? He died in the bomb, right? Zorg? Zorg? I'm assuming. Yeah. He so, was right next to it. In the script, they had him escape. He uses that special gun mm -hmm. that he was, you know, the big gun to give him maximum protection. And then he gets out in a magnetic sarcophagus and he floats away from the ship and crashes into a glacier. And then on the glacier, he whips out his cell phone and calls the secretary. And she's like, how was the concert? That would have been great for like a after the credits kind of thing. Yes, because... He says he needs another ship right away because someone stole his. And she says, of course, I'll send one to the hotel. And he screams that he's not at the hotel and the phone is dead. And he's just <laughs> in the middle of the glacier. I thought it That's was really hilarious. Funny. Yeah, that would have been a great like in the credits kind of scene. Lilu is continuing her learning and she sees war and she's distraught and crying. Corbin and crew arrive at the temple. They put the stones in their places and wake up Lilu because they don't know how to open the stones. She says, wind blows, fire burns, rain falls. And they all go and stand in front of the one of the stones. David is standing in front of a stone and says they're never going to make it. And breathes a heavy sigh onto the stone and starts to open. And then they all rush over and Corbin blows on the stone and it opens. They all figure out now how to open them. You got to blow on elements. it? Elements. Well, that's for wind. Oh, got you. Uh, so they get a match for fire mm. and then Oh, water. yeah, because I remember like one of his matches went out or something. or like No, he... it was about to go out and they freak oh. out. Okay, he only yeah. had one match. Yes. Yeah, that's the only one he like, had. Like no one knows how to rub sticks. I don't know if they have any sticks there in Egypt. Yeah. yeah. One minute left. <laughs> Lilu says they're not worth saving. Corbin says there are things worth saving. Lilu says like love and Corbin says yes. Oh, Lilu says she, she doesn't love. know love. Corbin says he needs her. And he says because he loves her. She cries and the countdown from 10 begins. Corbin and Lilu kiss and a beam of light shoots out of Lilu's chest and into the ball of fire, stopping it. The stones close. Ruby leaves. The president goes to talk with Corbin and Lilu at uh, whatever science place they're at. Scientist says he put them in the reactor this morning, but he will go revive them. He looks inside and says, they're not ready. They need five more minutes. President says he has 20 seconds. Corbin's mother calls the general. President grabs the phone. She immediately starts ranting, and the president hands the phone back to the general. Meanwhile, Corbin and Lilu are boning in the reactor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that's where it ends. And the song at the end now is... Now she knows love. Little, <laughs> little Light of Love by Eric Sarah. I am not a fan. Of the song. Of the song. So I guess because he loved her, she didn't turn back into stone. If this happens every 5,000 years. I don't know. Was that her? If she was the fifth element was, and was they that revived her. Was her with the thing with the mouth open? That's what they took with them in the ship. Oh, and then they like, got the little piece. in it? You think? 
I don't know. She was that thing, I guess, because they took the piece from the ship and regenerated it with the yellow Gatorade. I have my 1997 notes. They got oh. shuffled to the back on yeah, accident. Yeah, I got a few that we haven't done, but um, let me know. I want to know. The top movies were Men in Black, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Liar Liar. I think Lily started rewatching Jurassic Park again. It's good. That kid fucking loves dinosaurs. Stop fucking laughing at the way I say dinosaur. I love it. I wait for it. <laughs> the fashion of 1997. Get ready. I want it. Bold colors and prints coming were... back. I I like it and I hate it. Ugh. It's hard. It's okay. Baby doll dresses. See, I like platform shoes. Platform sneakers. Oh, man. We watched a video of a chick trying to walk in platform shoes, and it was a disaster. And I was like, I remember wearing those all the time. Is that what I look like? I like them. I would kill myself now. I can't even walk on a straight surface. Also, Jinkos and starter jackets. Yeah, not those starter jackets. I like both of those. But I do want some Jinkos. I have a starter jacket. Of course you do. I know I wore it. From 1990-something? It's the Mighty Ducks. Oh, it is the Mighty Duck one. I remember. Every time I get cold, I wear it. I love it so much. It was on eBay. Me and Justin treated ourselves to starter jackets a year or two ago. uh, (laughs) My ex-husband... When we were in high school, that's he had one for I don't even remember. It was like Florida, the, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, was that the orange and blue? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he had one of those that was white, and I would wear it. They were very comfortable. I love them, but it wasn't my they make a fashion sense. quite a swishy noise though. Yes, nineties like, um, wind pants. Yes, nineties <laughs> toys, Tamagotchi, Golden Eye 007, Tickle Me Elmo, Beanie Babies. Do you remember when Tickle Me Elmo cost like a bajillion dollars? I probably do now. The world got its earliest camera phone and functioning Wi-Fi and Ellen DeGeneres made history by coming out on Ellen. As gay? Yeah. She's gay? You didn't know that? I fucking know that. Oh, I was like, (laughs) wow, Andrea. A pound of just like for that to make the news, like you know, it was big. big I know, ninety-seven. I know. Oh, you're shocked that she could hide it? No, I was shocked that that made the news, like in a disgusting way. Like that shouldn't even. Oh yeah, yeah. A pound of hamburger meat was a dollar thirty-eight. Nintendo sixty-four came out one hundred and sixty-nine ninety-nine, and Water Lily Barbie. Was seventy four ninety nine. I'm trying to remember. Is that the one that spun? No. Oh. This one was like dumb. a bathtub toy. Yeah. I don't know. That's when they had the Hellbop Comet. A, yeah, I had a Barbie kid. So around that time. Oh, so you might have had it. Yeah. Remember the Hellbop Comet and then um, Heaven's Gate, the suicide. I remember Heaven's Gate. Yes. I don't really remember. I mean. The comet itself, but I do remember the Heaven's Gate. I watched a whole show about it. It was crazy. A whole documentary. Was it on Netflix? I don't remember. <laughs> or it might have listened to a podcast. And they had those. You want to know what their last meal was? Yep. Peach cobbler and iced tea. Mm, was it sweet? It's not bad, but it's not excellent. Not a last either. meal. I want to know what kind of iced tea. Was it Lipton or Red Diamond? She doesn't Is it a restaurant? <laughs> they were very polite also, I read. Oh. And they had their license last meal. Um, so did you read about Sylvester Stallone that he heard about this movie and approached them independently and they turned him down because he wasn't the right type? He's oh. not. No, no, I did not. 
But he um, approached them for it. I read that um, Mel Gibson's, his office was next to Beeson's, and that's one of the reasons, like, he wanted him in the movie. He said he would walk by his office every day <laughs> and ask him. And one day Mel was, it was like, like three months of him popping Mel in. Mel was asking to be on it? No. Or he asked no, him to? Beeson, yeah, was asking him to be on it. And he would just be like, I think about it. I'll think about it. And it took him like three months of like popping in every day and being like, hey, you want to do this movie? And he was finally like, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> just no. What a jerk. <laughs> I saw that um, Old Men and Willis never met on the movie. They yeah, never they had screen time like together. The villain and the um, hero were never together. I have the New York scenes were created using a combination of CGI for the flying cars, live action for the people, and scale models for the buildings. A crew of 80 spent five months building dozens of city blocks at 1 24th of a scale. Yeah, I saw some of the buildings that they had to build were 20 feet tall. Yeah. For the models. Um, I also have the movie earned one Oscar nomination for Best Sound Editing. They got some awards for being a bad movie, too. <laughs> yeah. Like some oh, of them. Yeah, they got a couple of them, like Mia, Yokovic. They got, like, both ends of the spectrum of awards. I have a theory to go with our scandalous news with this. I'd love to hear it. So, the Divine Language was created by Beeson. It consists of rus- roughly 400 words. Beeson and Mia would talk and write letters in the language so Mia could practice. Hmm. I, I can imagine what they were saying to each other. Relationship. Wow. And the hmm. wife was on set too. I know. Not every day. Scandalous. She was the youngest person on set at 21 at the I was time. Trying to make it make sense in my yeah, head. Yeah, I'm sorry. And she really didn't hang out with the older people. So she said she had more fun hanging out with everyone's kids. And that she babysat for oh, that's cute. for them. Beeson wanted to shoot the film in France, but he couldn't make it work. He ended up shooting in London at the famous Pinewood Studios. And the scenes set in Egypt were actually shot in the African country of Mauritania. Mm-hmm. So they weren't in Egypt? No. Oh. At any point. Thank you for doing that. Because I forgot to look up the location. I just assumed um, it was Egypt. No, no, no. I mean, I just happened to come across that while I was um, doing things. Yeah, see, she was... Oh, the second youngest person was Chris Tucker at oh, 25. Look at your notes. That's awesome. So, I always... That's just shit I'm into. I always like to know, like, how old they were then, how old they are now, if they're still alive. I don't always know. So make sure you come and vote on our next movies. What are we watching next week? So it's going to be Twister, The Witches of... Oh, these are the no, polls. No, we're bad. watching... We're watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Sorry. You can tell us the poll now. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. I have um, an alternate ending. Oh. That I almost forgot. Okay. A slightly different ending scene in earlier drafts of the script after the president hands the phone with Corbin's mother to one of his aides instead of cutting to Corbin and Lilu in the reactor the camera would have panned over Manhattan revealing two silver moons in the sky and this is described in the novel I wonder what the two silver moons were I think it had something to do with um like 
the whole like 5,000 years stuff. Or maybe that planet just sat there. Yeah. Once they... Maybe yeah, she froze it into it stone. I guess. Yeah. Oh, that must have been that yeah. then. So, That's but they cool. didn't do that. Instead, it was the scene of them making out. Hmm. Well, so what were our movie poll choices going to be put up on Tuesday? The Twister, The Witches of Eastwick, The Good Son, and Jerry Maguire. Oh, I want to see The Witches of Eastwick so bad. Make it happen. Yes. No, because I wanted <laughs> practical magic to happen, and it didn't. So well, we'll put it back up. I'm going to put it into we the will. universe because I want to see it too. And I already feel like up. I know which one is going to win. Yeah, the witches of Eastwick. No, what? Which? I think Twister is going to win. Oh, uh, Twister! Twister is good. We watched it, is it the a other very day. Good action movie. I still think of Twister when I think when they talk about how there was so many tornadoes here after our hurricane, mm-hmm. Hurricane Laura. They said that there was over a hundred tornadoes that night. I've heard that. And could you imagine just the being noise. above it or just seeing a large view of just this whole area covered in tornadoes? How terrifying. Scary. So I always imagine it's a scene from the twister. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. I know people who stayed and never ever would they do it again. Everyone yeah. was so terrified. I heard the same thing. Yeah. Not to bring you guys down. so make sure you find us on spotify and follow us so you don't miss anything we also put the voting up on our facebook page friends off topic podcast yeah y'all get involved yes and we also share things if you send us notes or questions we like to share things oh yeah definitely shout out to brandon and his wonderful artwork he sent us all right with that snail trail